The Rebbe starts off the Sikha by saying that we discussed many times about the absolute accuracy of Loshan Rashi Ala Torah. Not only the words of his Pirush, but also the words of the Pasuk that he quotes before the beginning of his Pirush, that which we know as a Dibur HaMaschil. Says the Rebbe, according to this, what needs clarification is in a Rashi in our Parsha. In the beginning of the Parsha of the Moyadois of the Yomim Toivim, after the general introduction that Vayedaber, Hashem tells Moshe Rabbeinu to speak to the Bnei Yisroel about Moyadei Hashem, about the festivals of Hashem, Eilehe Moyadei, these are my appointed times. The Pasuk says, Sheishis Yomim Teyasa Malacha, six wor- days work shall be done, Uvayoyim Ashvi, and on the seventh day, Shabbos Shabbos in Mikro Kodesh, Kol Malacha Loisasu, you're not allowed to do work on the holy day of Shabbos. Then the Torah continues afterwards with the Psukim, Eilehe Moyadei Hashem, these are the festivals, these are the appointed times of Hashem, enumerating all the different Yomim Toivim. From this Pasuk, Rashi quotes the words Sheishis Yomim and explains and says, Ma inyan Shabbos Eitzel Moyados, why is Shabbos mentioned together with Yomim Toivim? Lelametcha to teach you that if someone desecrates Yom Tov, it's as if he desecrated Shabbos. And someone that keeps Yomim Toivim, it's as if he kept the Shabbosim. So the Rebbe asks, the question in our Pasuk was, as Rashi himself says, Ma'inyan Shabbos Eitzel Moyadis. What has Shabbos to do with Yom Tov? According to this, what should have been the words that Rashi would have been quoting from the Pasuk? Bayoim Hashvi Shabbos, that on the seventh day is Shabbos. And only those words, because that's what he's asking on. What is Shabbos doing over here? Instead of that, he brings the first words, Sheishas Yomim, Whereas the words, Uvayoyim Ashvi Shabbos, Rashi doesn't even hint to them or indicate to them, not even with the Vagoymer, etc. Now, we possibly could have said that by quoting the first words, Sheishis Yamim, what Rashi actually means to do is not just to bring and to translate these two words, but rather it is like a beginning for the whole Posik. The Rebbe says we find in a number of places where Rashi will quote the beginning of a Posik, or the beginning of a topic, not even saying v'goymer, but what he's referring to is that whole posik or that whole topic, the whole concept. For example, on the posik v'osu eso eifoid, they should make the eifoid, one of the begodim, of course, for the koyen godel, Rashi says, in bossi lefarish, if I'm going to come along to try to explain how the eifoid was made in each and every posik, clarifying what the posik means, is going to be, get very, very confusing. Therefore, Rashi says, I'm going to write out the whole Pirush on the Eifoid right here, and then eventually show also how it fits into the Psukim. Rashi goes ahead and explains all the details of the making of the Eifoid, of the whole section of that whole Parsha. Yet, which words did Rashi quote over there is only also as Eifoid, also not even saying Vagoimer. So we can understand that Rashi could do sometimes this idea of just quoting the beginning of something where he means the whole thing that follows. Another example in Rashi, which also actually comes right after this Pasuk, after Sheish Yamin, on the Pasuk, Now this seems to be a Pasuk that's completely redundant, completely extra, because the Pasuk just before Sheish Yamin had already said that we're about to discuss the Yom Toivim. So Rashi is about to explain why are the Yom Toivim being discussed again. So Rashi also just quotes the words, Eilem Moyade Hashem, doesn't say Vagoimer, and he goes on to explain why it's all necessary. 
However, in our case, says the Rebbe, we cannot say that that's why Rashi is quoting the word Sheishas Yamim just to be the beginning of the whole topic. Why? Because Rashi doesn't suffice with just saying the very first word and just the very beginning of the idea. Only, in other words, when does Rashi do this? Only if that beginning would contain at least a bit of that which he wants to discuss and explain. So, for example, in the, in the examples that we just mentioned, when Rashi says, V'asu esa ephoid, we understand Rashi doesn't just say the word V'asu, he says V'asu esa ephoid, because that's everything he's going to be speaking about, is the ephoid. So, too, when he quotes Eile Moyadei, we understand Rashi doesn't just say the word Eile, he says Eile Moyadei Hashem, because he's going to be discussing the Yomim Toivim, so we understand why he says those words. However, back to our case, Rashi wants to discuss why is Shabbos mentioned over here next to Yom Tov. Rashi is completely seemingly not discussing the Sheshes Yamim at all. So by saying Sheshes Yamim, the seemingly is completely irrelevant, even in a partial way, to the topic that Rashi wants to discuss about Shabbos being close to Yom Tov. Another question that Rebbe has on Rashi. Why is it that Rashi goes in that order, he starts off with a negative. Anyone that is desecrating the Yom Toivim, is as if he desecrated the Shabbosim, etc. Why doesn't he start off with a positive? Whoever fulfills the Yom Toivim, then it's as if he fulfilled the Yom Toivim. And then if you want to add about desecrating, especially that in the Posik that's comparing them, it's actually referring to the keeping of Shabbos and Yom Tov. Now even though you may come along and say, that what Rashi is telling us in this particular order is taken directly from the Torah Koyanim, says the Rebbe. Number one, in the Torah Koyanim, according to our version of the Torah Koyanim, the Torah Koyanim is actually not specifically referring to these words in the Posik. In other words, the Torah Koyanim is speaking in, a, in general terms, why Shabbos is next to Yom Tif, and therefore it could make sense to say, that we might start off with the negative and then follow with the positive. But again, Rashi is focusing specifically on the wording in our Posik. We're here, the Posik is clearly comparing them in the way of the positive, of keeping Shabbos and keeping Yom Tif. But in addition to all of that, it's known, as discussed many times, that Rashi in his explanation only quotes Maimori Razal with their words, only if that is somehow going to help understand Imshutish Mikra. It's going to be necessary, those, that, those wordings. That's what Rashi is going to quote it, and to say it in that particular way. Otherwise, Rashi doesn't necessarily quote the words of the sources where he's coming from. Now, seemingly, we might say the following. By comparing Yom Tif to Shabbos, the Posik primarily wants to tell us how important it is to keep Yom Tif and that we shouldn't be lenient and take it lightly, the idea of working on Yom Tif. We may come along and think that since the whole establishing the days of Yom Tov is dependent on Beistin, of course, because they have to say when Rishchidosh is, we may think since it's all based on Beistin, so the Isra Molocha maybe is also not that strict. It's also all based on what man had figured out, etc. And therefore we may not be as strict with it. So the Torah wants to emphasize mainly and warn us, if you're going to desecrate Yom Tov, it's as if you desecrated the Moyadus, it's as if you desecrated Shabbos. 
And maybe that's why Rashi is starting with the most important point, to warn us, to desecrate Yom Tov is such a severe thing. And only then we also add the positive, that if you're going to keep Yom Tov, it'll be like keeping Shabbos. However, the Rebbe says that this answer is actually not sufficient. Because since the comparison of Yom Tov to Shabbos, again, in the Pasuk, the Pasuk is emphasizing it, not by negating it, by speaking about desecrating Shabbos or Yom Tov. But rather, in the Pasuk, we're mainly focusing on the positive, of, on keeping Shabbos and Yom Tov. From there, we also learn out that the same thing would apply in the opposite of desecrating them. So again, Rashi, if he's explaining the Pasuk, he should have also started off with a positive, or at least either written only the positive, or at least do it in the order of the Pasuk, starting off with a positive and then going to the negative. To explain all of this, the Rebbe now tells us that Rashi's question is actually something else completely. When Rashi starts off with saying, What's the connection between Shabbos and Yom Tov? This itself is not really such a question. In Pshut Mikra, that is, many Mepharshim actually answer this. When the Pasuk says, These are the appointed times. Shabbos could be included in that. Shabbos could also be considered a appointed time, a yoyim So there's really no problem for Shabbos being in these psukim. It's also a day that's asr b'malach, where you're not allowed to do work. Even if you want to say that Shabbos doesn't really fit in with the rest of the yomim toivim, moyadei Hashem tikru, nevertheless you could say that the Pasuk is just mentioning along, together with the yomim toivim, also mentioning in Shabbos, to be able to highlight that there's differences between Shabbos and Yom Tov. That Shabbos is not dependent on based in. Yom Tov is dependent on based in. Shabbos actually is called Shabbos Shabbosoin because you're not allowed to even do the kind of works that are related to preparing food, whereas Yom Tov you are. So we could understand that Yom, Shabbos would be mentioned together with Yom Tov. That itself is not really such a question at all. The question that Rashi is bothered by is how the Torah starts off discussing Shabbos, the introduction. You see, the Torah just started saying, these are the Yomim Toivim of Hashem, these are the festivals of Hashem. Then suddenly it says, six days work should be done. Now, if we were speaking about in the first time the Torah tells us about Shabbos, we understand that it needs to be said, you work six days, the Torah is trying to tell us that Shabbos is going to be forbidden to do work, and therefore the Torah first needs to tell us don't be worried of how you are going to earn a livelihood, because you'll work for six days, you'll do all your work, so that's taken care of. Some other points that Rebbe says, in the first time the Torah is telling us about Shabbos, that when it says, it's in accordance to what the Pasuk continues and says over there, that why do we keep Shabbos? Because Hashem made the world in six days, rested on the seventh day, so we understand that the Torah tells us, we too, we work for six days, and rest on the seventh day. Another point we could say is, that, from Sheishas Yomim Tavad Vasisa Kol Malachtecha, Rashi actually tells us that we learn from there, that when Shabbos comes, so for six days you were working, but when Shabbos comes, it should be as if all your work has been completed, you're not concerned anymore about your work at all. The problem becomes over here in Parsha Samoyer, which is not the main place that the Torah is telling us about Shabbos. It's only being mentioned for the sake of the Yomim Toivim. Eilam Hashem, these are the Yomim Toivim, and we mention Shabbos as well. So the question immediately becomes, why are we mentioning the Sheishas Yomim 
why are we introducing the Sheishas Yamim that there's a six days before the Shabbos? And how is that all related to the Yom Tovim? Torah should have just started off with the words by Yom Ashvi Shabbos Shabbos. And we're trying to speak about special days that the Abishta gave us. So it's not relevant over here about the six days at all. It's just to tell us these are Yom Tovim, you have a Shabbos, you have a Yom Tov, and so on. It is this question that Rashi is answering by explaining to us what Chazal say, why Shabbos Bechlal fits with Yom Tov. To teach us about the idea of not desecrating Yom Tov, etc. In other words, just to, to clarify, just to, to, to make the point clear. The concept of Ma'inyin Shabbos Eitz this is a concept that the Chachamim teach us. It's Rashi is bringing this Maimar Chazal of the connection between Shabbos and Yom Tov to help us understand why the six days are brought before. In other words, the past, why is Shabbos brought together with Yom Tov? To teach us about the strictness of not doing Mulacha on Yom Tov and to compare this to not doing work on Shabbos. Once we'll have that understood, we're then automatically going to understand why it was necessary to say the word Sheishas Yom Tov Mulacha. How does this work? How does this make sense? The explanation goes as follows. When we say Sheishas Yomim, we're not only referring to a sum total of six individual days. In other words, there's one day, two days, three days, there's six days, and then the seventh day is Shabbos and so on. When it says the word Sheishas, we also refer to an entity of a group of six days. In other words, a unit, one group made up of six days, a certain type of Zman. As Rashi himself says a couple of sukkim further, on the word Shivas, Rashi says every time it says the word Shivas, Shem Dovaru. It's a name of, an, of, of, a, of a unit, of a concept, of a, of a, collective, a, a collection of, se, of seven days brought together. And Rashi says over there, the same thing is true with the word Shmoinas, the same thing is true with the word Sheishes. It means one six-day period or seven-day period or eight-day period. This is what our Apostle is telling us over here. When it says Sheishes Yomim Teyosem Olacha, six days work can be done, means that the Abishta gave a, a special concept within time itself, a group of six days. That's a certain type, a certain kind of time. These are the kind of days where work is allowed to be done, and anything that is outside this kind of work day, which is usually a six day. Six days, but anything that's out of this group, out of this category of work days, of weekdays, usually is the, is the regular six days of the week, are going to be Asr B'Mulacha. And this now can help us understand why the Torah starts off by saying, in order to explain the strictness of Yom Tov, it says, Sheishis Yom Tayasa Mulacha. With this, the Torah is trying to give us this idea that we have two general concepts within time in relation to work. We have the regular weekdays, work days, or referred to over here as Sheishas Yomim, days that are permitted in work, that's Teyosa Malachim, where work could be done. And then anything that's out of the category of weekdays, of the Sheishas Yomim, automatically is Osir B'Malachim. Once we understand that, then Shabbos and Yom Tov go right together. In other words, from this we understand that is the moment you're going to desecrate Yom Tov, it's just like desecrating Shabbos. Even though, yes, it's true regarding the punishment and some other things that might not be exactly the same Isur of Mulacha on Yom Tif and Shabbos. But generally speaking, the concept of doing Mulacha on Yom Tif, since it's not part of that group of work days, of weekdays, 
is the same idea as Shabbos then. In other words, it's out of the weekday group and it's in the Shabbos group. And that's what Rashi is saying, Ke'ilu According to this, says the Rebbe Sivov, we're going to understand why Rashi only brings the word Sheishis Yomim, he doesn't even add the word Vagoimer. By emphasizing Sheishis Yomim, that Sheishis Yomim is a unit for itself, a category for itself. That's what Rashi is trying to tell us. And that the continuation of Ayoyim Hashvi, when it speaks now about that the seventh day of Shabbos, is not the seventh day as if this is another day following from the six days in the context of work. In other words, you have the six days of work, and now you have another day. But we're trying to say that this is a completely different gather of Zman. It's a completely different kind of time. This is a, t- a time now which is completely forbidden in work. And therefore, once we understood that there's Sheishas Yamim, and therefore, anyone that's going to desecrate Yom is going to be like desecrating Shabbos. Rashi doesn't even add the words Teos Malacha. And the Rebbe says two reasons. Number one is because really to do work, that's already an optional thing. When we speak about the concept of Sheishis Yom, the main difference between the Sheishis Yomim and versus Shabbos and Yom Tif is about the idea of Isur Malacha. These are days that you're not allowed to do work at all. And it's not so relevant to the fact that you could, that you, it's not a matter of having to do work on the other days. It's an optional thing. You could do work. But the main thing over here is that it's Sheishis Yomim. Alternatively, the Rebbe says, you could also say that by saying Sheishis Yomim, Rashi is referring to the general idea of Sheishis Yomim. In other words, including also the work that's going to be done, similar to what we said before by Va'asu Asa'ephoid. But again, Sheish Yom is not referring to the whole concept of Shabbos that's going to be mentioned later. The maximum it would be referring to is to this first group, Sheish Yom, in these six days where work can be done. But really, the whole idea is that then comes Shabbos and that's a completely different thing. Says the Rebbe, now we'll also understand the order of Rashi, why it says first, whoever desecrates Shabbos. And then it says, whoever fulfills Shabbos. Since the whole point of comparing Yom Tov to Shabbos over here is being learned from this separation of these two categories that we have, Sheishas Yomim, a group of six days. So in other words, the whole limu, the whole thing is coming to teach us about desecrating Yom Tov. In other words, someone that desecrates Yom Tov by doing work, which with this, he's actually being over on that separation of the Sheishas Yomim, in other words, six days you were allowed to do work and suddenly you removed yourself from that. You went into the time which is not allowed to do work. It's out of those sheishas yamim. Automatically then, it's as if you were Mechal Shabbos. From there we'll also understand in the opposite way that Mechal Lav And from the negative we'll also understand the positive. And anyone that fulfills the days of Yom Tev will also be as if he fulfilled Shabbos. The Rebbe says from from the wine of Torah, from the panimius of Torah that we have in this Rashi. It's not what the Chazal tell us. Sheishas Yomim Tavit Chazal say it's actually a mitzvah. It's a mitzvah saseh. That means to do work on the six days is not only something you're allowed to do al Torah, but it's a mitzvah. It's a derech in Torah, al Torah. It's a way in avoid the Hashem of Yid. As it's known, that there needs to be the concept so we get involved, we make a keli, we make a vessel in the ways of nature, and then Hashem's bracha comes. On the other hand, this idea of acting in this way is only necessarily because of our gashmi is the kaguf. The gashmi is the kaguf of Yid. In other words, because of our neshama being clothed in our physical body, because of the concealments of the body, so al we need to act in the way of teva. Like Chazal tell us, ein soim 
You can't rely on miracles. Dina de Malchus Adina, we have to follow the laws of the government, etc. But as far as the Nisham of the Yid is concerned, not only isn't there any necessity that he should need to do work, on the contrary, he shouldn't have to do work at all. Because since the Nisham is completely not within the realm of the body and its nature, the Nishama, as a famous Sikha that the Rabbi Rafriyik Rabbi said, that the Nishama never went into Golos, it always remains higher than the concealments of the world. It's always like standing in front of the king, in front of Hashem. From the perspective of the Nishama's level, doing any sort of work is always like making a movement in front of the king, which is inappropriate. Says the Rebbe, this would be similar to, we know there's a concept that we say that Alavai, a person will be davening all day long. And what happens if a person is davening? If he's davening all day long, he wouldn't be allowed to do any sort of work. He wouldn't even be able to make a motion. And that would apply all day long. That's the state that the neshama is in. Therefore, as far as the neshama is concerned, there should be tishboys. We shouldn't be involved in work. So here are the two extremes that is needed in the avoid of the yid. On the one hand, we say there's the sheish yom, the six days, where Alpi Toyota, he is involved with the matters of the guf. He is involved in working, and that's a mitzvah, I say. But on the days of Shabbos and Yom Tov, when by Yiddish Neshama is shining, there he needs to be standing completely removed from the body, from all of the matters of the body, from his nature, and automatically you'll be understood that then the whole concept of work is out of the question. So this is similar to the two ideas we said before. There's the Sheish Yom where work is the norm, but then anything out of that, that's already Neshama life. That's already spiritual life where there's no room for work. Says the Rebbe, since the Nisham is completely higher than Guf and Golos, this also ultimately affects even the Guf, that notwithstanding the fact that the Guf currently is in the limitations, and the Golos, nevertheless, it should shine inside of him the strength of the Nishama, which is higher than limitations, which is higher than Golos, till eventually we get the Guf also out of the Golos in the literal sense, by the Gu'ulu HaMitiz through Mashiach Tzedkeinu Bukharev Mamish.